Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast, where you won't have to wait in a long line to get our autographs. I'm Ben Robinson. And I'm John Williams. Grab your tote bags, get your lanyards, leave that deodorant at home. We're talking geek cons. How are you doing today, Ben? All systems nominal. Nice. Did you do anything fun this week? Nope. No, I don't think I did. Yes, you did. Did I? Yeah, you fucker. We finally hit up the coin op. Oh, yeah, we yes, we did. Yeah, we went down to coin op. Yeah, like a little uh, barcade down in downtown Sacramento. That was pretty fun. Then again, I guess I was being presumptuous, um, <laughs> assuming you had a uh, good time there. Was it fun? Uh, yeah, I did. They, had, uh, they actually have a pretty good selection of games there. Yeah, it's not huge. It's not as big as Barcadia for sure. No, but the 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 games on offer were solid. And they got, had at least like twelve pinball machines, which was pretty cool. Yeah, you were playing that Def Leppard one for a while. Iron Maiden. Oh shit! But yes, yeah, I was, and it was uh, <laughs> confusing the hell out of me. It was way too complicated. And my pinball chops are not as they were before. No, and so it was giving me all kinds of instructions throughout the thing to like go over here, do this now, do that, do this, do this to do this thing. And I'm just going to whack this ball around until you tell me I'm done. That's all I do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me Monster Bash or uh, Austin Powers, and I'm I'm good. Um, so, talking about your, your comic cons, your anime cons, your gamer cons. Yeah, any, anything where a large group of people who are all geeks about a certain topic congregate and uh, revel in their nerdiness. Yes, I think that is a great summation of that. Go in there, you'll find, uh, you'll find all your geeks like us that go there. You'll find comics artists, uh, cosplayers, independent publishers. You'll find the big names of comics at your bigger conventions like San Diego or New York or the Wizard World series. You'll find folks hawking whatever type of cheap garbage they can. Yeah. Because they know there's a bunch of people that will gladly buy it there. Oh, yeah. Bootleg movies, like secondhand toys, weapons dealers. It doesn't even seem to matter what convention you're going to. There's always the obligatory guy selling swords. Yeah, the sword man. And he's got a <laughs> Zelda sword there to, to pull all of us in. It could be almost anything. Even if it's more sci-fi, he's got a lightsaber. That guy's everywhere. I, I'm shocked I still haven't bought a Zelda sword. Like they, they've got some really good looking ones. They got bitchin' shields too. Like they've oh, got yeah. the, the Hyrulean shield as well. Like I'm fucking, I, I need both of those. Actually, I'm more surprised that you don't have them than that I don't have them. It's an ode to my uh, cheapness. <laughs> You'll build a Zelda themed guitar, but you won't buy a $25 Zelda sword. Even worse. I would probably gladly spend twice the amount of money making it myself <laughs> where it wouldn't turn out quite as good yeah. and I would uh, be able to justify purchasing it at a con. Isn't that annoying though sometimes? I mean, I don't know how it affects you on, on, the, on the pride scale, but I remember when, uh, when I didn't want to buy a pedal board when I was playing guitar in a band. So I decided I was going to make my own into a suitcase. You know, I had the pedals already. And I ended up spending a shit ton of time and probably twice the amount of money that it would have cost to just buy one. And it came out, you know, semi-shitty. I did. I was proud of it. I was impressed. 
Yeah, my my building skills are not legendary. No, no, that came out uh, better than I would have expected. <laughs> hey, the, the, thank you. And the same thing with like uh, recently when I was trying to make a um, light box for for drawing, and you know, I the money I've spent in materials already outweighs what I didn't want to spend on a uh, on buying one off of eBay. Yeah, that's the way it goes. When I was working on uh, my truck, I had to like there was like a hole rusted in the the wheel well. Yeah. So I, you know, I was like, oh, I got some metal lying around, so I cut it out, and I spent a bunch of time shaping it and getting it in and welding it and you know sanding it down and then cleaned the whole thing up and sprayed like bed liner all over both sides. I spent like six and a half hours on it, and it came out good. It looked good. I was proud of myself. Like it, it worked, and everything was great. But like I looked it up, and like the, I could buy a brand new wheel well for like 16 bucks oh. <laughs> i was like oh shit it's <laughs> not a great trade-off there yeah i was expecting to hear like 200 where, no. it, where it would still be it you know fucking cheap it was like there. 16 bucks so i was like okay because <laughs> i gotta do the same thing on the other side and i'm just i'm just gonna buy it this time did you buy a second one too so they match at least no it's it's in, it's like the inside wheel well oh, okay. shit if it matches the truck is not uh, ever going to be winning any prizes it shows Oh shit. So, I mean, I don't know your your personal experience with cons because we didn't really go to cons together growing up. But the type of con that I'm most accustomed to going to is a comic book convention. I haven't really been to any gamer cons or any um trade shows like you were talking about, but the comic convention is what I love. It's where I cut my teeth. What other types of cons have you been to? What what what's your favorite kind of con to go to? Well, you know, in in the broadest sense of what a like a geeky con is, there's a ton of them. Like when you when I when I really started thinking about like what counts as like a bunch of people with like a weird fascination getting together and just reveling in the joy of their hobby slash interest. I don't know why I'm just thinking about porn conventions now. Uh, that's that that definitely <laughs> counts there are definitely porn nerds out there yeah and you know avid consumers i was thinking about it and i was like one of those i've been to like ren fairs i think oh, would count yeah. as a geeky con um absolutely like, yeah car shows uh trade shows you know obviously comic cons and uh, you know you know anime cons and um there's like tech expos yeah yeah e3 yeah video game cons um and that kind of stuff um and I've been to a bunch of those, and and I, and I think my favorite part about it is, you know, other than just seeing all of the stuff that you love in one place, is uh, hanging out with a bunch of people of like mind. Yeah, I love Ren Fairs. I go to, I try and go to at least one a year. I get all dressed up, and uh, I've got the like a big chainmail hauberk. It's like a giant chainmail long shirt. How heavy is it again? It's like forty-five pounds. Fuck. Yeah, it's fucking heavy. And if it's cold outside, <laughs> it does not keep you warm because metal. That's why. <laughs> and big assholes. Yeah. Because I, I usually wear just, I've got like a little uh, cloth tunic that I wear underneath it. <gasps> and uh, you feel the fucking chill of the metal sucking the heat out of your body when it's cold out. Believe it or not, I've still never been to a Ren Fair. Really? Yeah. I always wanted to growing up. I never had a problem with Ren Fairs, but. It's just never happened for me. Oh, we should you, should. you should go next time. They got that one up in Tahoe. It's fucking great. I'm super down. And Renfair nerds are the nerdiest of nerds. Oh boy, I oh, don't man. know. They oh they they buy into it hard. You will see some quality weirdos and some people that are just really committed to the act. There, I'm no jock. I'm no like 
super Mr. Normal dude, you know, like I, I am plenty geek myself, but man, even Comic-Con just fucking like sucks it out of me. I don't know if I could handle a higher level of geek than that. Yeah. Well, and it's a very different kind of geek at least. Yeah. Because a lot of them are like actually doing things like, I, like the last time I went, went up to the one in Tahoe there. There's a guy running around who's like the whip dude. And like, this guy is fucking nuts. Gross. But it was really cool because he's got like just a stack of whips with him. And he's like, all right, clear space. And he's like whipping things around. And he, and he had a big fucking like 14 foot long chain whip that uh, he would swing around his head like four or five times and then just crack. And it was, it sounded like a super loud firecracker it would fucking cut a hole in you, man. This thing was ridiculous. Gross. Yeah. But, but he was like super whip geek. Yeah. Like you get the weird, really weird specialized geeks. Like you can tell this guy goes around from Ren Fair to Ren Fair swinging whips around and telling people all about whips and how whips work and, <laughs> and hitting stuff with them and, and shit because that's the only place he can do that. And how Harrison Ford's full of shit and he'll never put on a fedora. <laughs> but yeah, there's nowhere else where he could go just walk up and be like, hey, everybody, watch me swing this whip around. Yeah. And people won't like run away. <laughs> <laughs> now, what takes you to a comic convention? Have you been to many comic conventions? Oh, yeah, I've been to a few. I've been to um, San Diego. We went to San Diego. Oh, that is true. A number of years ago. Uh, it was like, yeah, three, four years ago, maybe. Was that all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a number. So I guess I wasn't <laughs> yeah, too far yeah, off. <laughs> it's true. That was not an inaccurate st- statement. Um, and I've been to like a lot of the local ones. Um, I think like Wizard Con. I went there a couple times in New Orleans. Yeah, the Wizard World Tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, been to... Sack Anime is not a comic con. It's definitely more anime focused. Oh, but, 100%. But uh, it has very much the same feel. It's yeah. the same format. Just more gender bending. Yeah, yeah. And just a, a slightly shift in geekdom. Yeah. But yeah, my daughter wants to go. That happens twice a year, and she wants to go every time. So, oh yeah, it just came around, right? Your wife took the kids. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would have gone, but I had to work. So, um, the wife took them, and uh, she actually had a good time, which is not what I expected. <laughs> yeah, and she didn't have wine. That's bizarre. Yeah, she had a sober good time at an anime <laughs> convention. It's weird. Yeah, you know, I um, I've done a show here and there, and I got the opportunity not this last one, but the one before in uh, in winter time. Um, to do a sack anime and I was a little trepidatious. I was, I was a little nervous because my, my art stuff is definitely more superhero based. I'm more of a comic book guy. I'm more likely to draw Superman than All Might from, uh, my hero academia. You're not a big anime fan anyway, right? Not really. When I was a, when I was a teenager, I liked, I liked Guyver and I liked uh, some of the uh, Macross and um, the Street Fighter animated stuff. That was that was all good. But the the story kind of took me out of it. So I never super got into it. And I just have no idea what's going on anymore. So I had some people recommend a few properties that, that I could do prints of that would sell. So, it, you know, I, I didn't want to show up and be a total fraud. But thankfully, what I was hoping would happen did where I showed up and I was comic book guy and I was sort of like the oasis for the comic book dudes that are there with their anime <laughs> fan girlfriends. Yeah. It was like the opposite of, um, of like, like a normal convention. You'll see these girls walking around with their geek boyfriends and they look terrified. Like they understand what their boyfriend is that he's a geek, but they're not prepared for this convention. 
They didn't know that it was this bad. Yeah, they're like clinging onto the arms. And they're like, <laughs> you know, they can feel all the stares. Especially, you know, when, when it's a sexy chick walking around with, with, a, with a dude there. Like, you don't have to be dressed as, uh, as like Slave Leia to, to get all those eyeballs and the, the drool going your way. It's funny because at SAC Anime, the comic geek dudes are are those people they're just like what the fuck is going on here like this it is kind of a next level fandom up from comic con a lot of the accompanying significant other is not into it like they're just being courteous yeah and showing up one of the big differences i noticed at sack anime was the um the percentage of female artists was like way higher than yeah. the regular comic con i mean i would say most of the comic cons i've been to it's like 80 20 dudes in artist alley i think that's fair if not more than that sometimes and uh it was i don't know if it was quite flipped but i bet it was a solid 60 percent female artist you know i i wouldn't be shocked if it was closer to 80 20 yeah it was noticeable and uh, it was cool like i mean it was neat seeing that flip yeah what's weird is i think it was mostly dudes who would stop at my table and just be like oh look it's something batman yeah deadpool cool and like buy stuff from me but then one thing i noticed was the other artists since you're talking about you know all the the females that are super in anime i don't know if they appreciated what i did at all like nobody wanted to be my friend there it was it was kind of weird normally i'm 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 pretty uh i'm pretty affable and and easy to get along with at a at a convention you're an interloper bringing your comic <laughs> book garbage into the anime convention yeah tainting it i i am to them what hollywood is to san diego comic-con when i was a kid growing up i cut my teeth going to uh WonderCon in the bay it's put on by the same people that put on uh san diego comic-con it's comic-con international and before it was uh in anaheim it was it bounced between san francisco and oakland and i think it was in like uh 98 i want to say it was when we were in high school you know it, it wasn't just a rinky dink little show but it wasn't anything close to what we have now like it was just sort of like a, a magical medium between the two like you got to meet artists and watch them work you got to go up and chat with them like these days just the lines are insane and you just need to move on but like i got to sit around and talk to eric larson the creator of savage dragon and uh you know one of the founders of image and he was just one of the coolest fucking dudes in comics like he was like talking shit about dc and he was in the middle of his run on aquaman you know like he was talking about how he wanted the costume to be a a blue instead of a green and and the assholes at dc wouldn't let him do that and you know he was he was a salty man you know i remember uh, here overhearing a piece of advice that I've taken with me all these years later, I guess, yeah, 20 years later, this artist, JJ Kirby was telling our buddy, Chris, you know, Chris was asking about shadows and inking and stuff. And, and, uh, cause he's also a, a comic artist. His advice has always stuck with me. He said, when in doubt, black it out, which means, you know, if you don't know what to do with something, just slap down some black ink and you're good. You know, heavy shadows. And, um, one more quick little memory that I've that I've always loved is uh you know the the writer Mark Wade, uh not intimately but yes <laughs> you didn't have dinner at his house last no. weekend, um uh, well I was showing uh, all the autographs I'd gotten to my friends that that were uh, that worked for a comic shop that had a booth there, and I was like got this got this and I was like I can't find fucking Mark Wade, and I hear a voice to the right of me at at some back issues is like 
hey, I'm right here. You want something signed? I was like, wait, wait, what the, what the fuck? And Mark Wade was just sitting there going through some back issues. And I was like, oh, well, here, here we go. Passed him an, an issue of Captain America. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. And that's what conventions used to be. You know, like that, that's what I loved about conventions. Nowadays, you know, there's pop vendors. There's like down in San Diego, it's Hollywood. It, oh, and, it is. And it's that thick. place is so jammed. I got to be honest, um, when we went to San Diego Comic-Con, I was a little disappointed. Like, I had a great time. I yeah. had a ton of fun. It was cool. Uh, but it was, uh, wasn't was quite what I expected. Like, there was just a lot of marketing garbage, I guess. Like, yeah. just a, an obscene amount of marketing garbage everywhere. And a lot of just, you know, swag vendors. Yeah, yeah. And uh, tons of cool cosplay there. Like, lots of people who spent inordinate amounts of time on their costumes. Yeah. Uh, and looked fucking awesome for it. But a lot of it just seemed more like, uh, you know, the content companies trying to hype their newest thing and sell it to you than like the honest fan interaction with actual creators that you were uh, just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now it's the place to be, you know, like especially with Hall H where they make all the big announcements. Like it, it's insane. People camp out there for a couple of days to get into Hall H. I'm going this year um, with Angelina because she's never been before. And like the last time I went was when we went together and it was your first time. The last time before that was a few years because honestly, like I've been a handful. Of, I don't know. I've been there five or six times over the years and I've seen it. I've had enough to not want to fight those crowds. I still love conventions, but San Diego itself, like I need something like somebody else's first time to make it fresh again. Because it's exciting living that through somebody else's eyes. But yeah, like Hall H with Marvel's big presentation this year, like there, there's no way I'm going to see any of that. When we were there, we were on the, the light rail going back to the hotel. And our buddy Zach, who is just in Sacramento sitting around, says like, can you fucking believe the next Superman movie is going to be Superman and Batman? And we're like, wait, what the fuck? Like, I didn't hear about this. The internet's going to hear about most of the shit before most of the people there. Yeah. It was it was insane. So I'll be really excited to hear from somebody up here what, what Marvel announces because it sounds like they're going to put out their whole Phase 4 slate. Oh, yeah. Well, I bet it's it's time for that, I guess. Yeah. And it was, it, like you were saying, it is very Hollywood. Like most of the hype and stuff around it was around movies and TV and uh, things that were, you know, comic book adjacent at best. Yeah. Like I remember outside the convention center, there was like a big, like... uh installation it was essentially a, a giant advertisement for um the blacklist because it was about to start oh yeah yeah they were pushing that hard it, they just they see eyeballs and want to put their stuff in front of them and they do so um effectively i guess you know i remember the blacklist yeah. from <laughs> san diego comic con yeah buses and on the sides of buildings and everything but i have no idea what they were like if they actually had a presentation there it it was just like slapped slapped on like a sticker to everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they had like a big like trailer that you could go in. I didn't go in it. No. I'm not a huge James Spader fan, so I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god." <laughs> but yeah, it it was just so crowded and merchy and markety that oh, I it just it was kind of a letdown. Yeah, the 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 time I went before that was when the Green Lantern movie had either just come out or was about to come out 
and uh, the DC booth did have, or I think it was Warner Brothers booth had a super cool like bunch of props and shit. Like I, I got to give them give them credit for that. But at least it's comic book related. But they had like the corpse of Abin Sur in like a capsule thing that you could go cool. and check out. Yeah, like that 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 was kind of neat. But yeah, it's it's strayed so far from what it was. You know, actually fifty years ago because it's uh this is about to be the fiftieth San Diego Comic Con. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be going to be a shit. big deal. But what other kinds of conventions or I actually I guess I'm I'm totally skipping over your first impression. Yeah, so I was thinking about this and the the first convention that I remember going to was uh something that I was definitely a huge geek about when I was a kid. And I was probably 14. What was this? 13, 14? Bugcon. Close science camp. It was a uh, a reptile and amphibian show, and it was <laughs> fucking knew it. Fucking awesome! Like, I remember being so stoked. It was like the most amazing zoo ever. They had so many more reptiles and amphibians than any zoo I'd ever been to, and they you could buy them all. Oh shit! And yeah, it was rad. Like you you get to see just some wild exotic things. I remember one dude had like a cage with some cobras in it. You could not buy the cobras. Those are not legal i would imagine but it was cool seeing some cobras man like, i've never seen a cobra before yeah yeah you could go in there they had all kinds of weird rare breeds like piebald pythons and stuff where like they've got random white patches all over them and they look crazy and uh it was just you know they had poison dart frogs and i mean it was just it was a cornucopia of things i was interested in because i was huge into herpetology when i was a kid well, yeah, and and being a reptile nerd, like there's only so much you can find in the wetlands. So being yeah. able to see all of that shit together is probably a fairly analogous experience to you know being able to see comic artists and see them all working on shit. Absolutely, like I had a subscription to Reptile Magazine, <laughs> <laughs> so like I was into it, man. I, I'd see pictures and they'd have features on them and stuff, and I was I was on point with that shit. So it was cool because Sacramento Zoo is. Uh, Tiny and not that awesome. Yeah, it is not huge. And uh, they they didn't they had a decent reptile house, but it wasn't great. And so this came around every year and I'd always wanted to go and, and ended up getting to go. And it was it was freaking great. M you know, my parents took me. And so that was good because otherwise I probably would have bought like 10 poor animals that I would not have had the means to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> Were you ever a car guy? Did you ever go to those uh, the car shows? Yeah. Yeah, I still like car shows. Oh, yeah? The problem is they're usually outside and uh, in the summer. Yeah, like so, hot August like, nights Like shit. on a freaking blacktop, and it's like, man, it's fucking hot out here. Like Annie and I almost went to the, there's the, the like local Mopar club. They do a big show every year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we were going to go to that, but it was like 105 out. And I was just oh, like, fuck. No, I, I don't want to do that. Well, and especially out at Cal Expo, like it's similar to Disneyland where it's all just black asphalt and it just radiates. Like the state fair is always miserable. Oh, yeah. If it's 105 on the blacktop, it's like 115. Yeah. No, thank you. Like I, I like looking at cool old cars and seeing all the shit people have done. It's like, that's fun. I enjoy doing that, but not enough to cook myself. Yeah, see, I only ever went to one car show when I was a kid. I was probably like 11 years old or something, and I, I don't really give a shit about cars. But I do have a Polaroid of myself and my buddy and my dad standing in front of the uh, the 1989 Batmobile. Ooh, that's yeah, totally worth it. The cockpit was open, so you could see all the switches and everything on the inside. Like, Yeah, I wish I remembered it better. Like, I, I remember being there, but 
I don't remember all the details. I would fucking flip for that chance. How old were you? Probably like 12. I don't know. I mean, I, it had to have been, I don't know, probably, no, I probably wasn't even that. I was probably 10. It was probably around the time Batman Returns came out, I imagine. They had like a big mannequin of the, uh, or like a statue sort of thing of the uh, 1989 Batman. So I don't imagine it would have been running for much longer than a couple of years after that. I wonder if it was like an, one of the ones from the movie or if it was a reproduction some enthusiast had made. Yeah, I guess I always just assumed that, that it was one of the ones from the movies. But I don't know if people had the same access back then that they do today to like schematics and, and being able to find customized parts and everything to, to reproduce like that. My thoughts is a reproduction might be cooler. And more true to what you imagine it is. Like at San Diego Comic-Con, we were going through one of the rooms. I think it was, they had like a Star Wars thing in there. Mm -hmm. And it had a bunch of the props from the, you know, like the original props from the movie. And I remember they also had, uh, in the same area, they had like the suit from Alien. Oh, cool. And seeing it and thinking, that looks like garbage. Yeah, it was all shot all... like dark in the dark and like quick shots and stuff. So like you see the actual suit and you're like, well, that looks horrible. I've seen people that have made... Like their own alien suits that look way fucking better than that. Yeah, it looks all <laughs> it looks all dry and rubbery and weird texture and cracks and shit in it. Yeah, like a lot of the props, when you look at them up close, they you know they clearly look fake because in the movie, like it's in someone's hand real quick, and you don't really get a good look at it. So it just needs to look good enough to pass. Yeah, for the film, whereas some of the reproductions people make, they make it look like you think it looks. Yeah, that's and it's even better. Good call. That's fair. I remember going to a convention in San Jose a few years back, and they had a replica of the Back to the Future 2 DeLorean. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. It was like 10 bucks to go and sit in it, and you could put on like the, the weird future cap that had all those weird colors, and they had a, uh, they had a sports almanac, so I got, I got some pictures in that. Like that. I was giddy. That was pretty fucking cool. And that, at that same show, they had a, they had a replica of the, the George Barris 66 Batmobile. That was fucking rad, too. So I guess I do care about cars when they are geek cars. Yeah, yeah, when they're nerdy cars. Yeah. When we were in New Orleans, right next to where I worked at the Superdome, they'd set up like a display of all the Batmobiles. Oh, you mentioned it to me privately. Yeah, I don't know if I show. mentioned it on the show, but yeah, they, and it was cool because like I was just walking out, you know, doing my daily walk after, in the middle of work, and I was like, holy shit. And they had all of them from the, you know, like the 66 Batmobile, is that what it was? Yeah. With uh, the Adam West um, all the way through the Tumblr. Oh, it was man. When, I think it was when Batman Begins was new, probably, right around that time. Um, yeah, well, I, I remember them going on tour with that. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe it was the uh, 75th anniversary of Batman. We just hit the, the 80th anniversary. So was it five years ago? Yeah, that's probably about right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th I, think, I think that's when they were doing that. Yeah, but it was cool because I was there in like the middle of the day. It was set up for a football game that was going on later that night. Yeah. And uh, so nobody was there. Like they were just set up around the backside of the Superdome and it was just like me walking around by myself. Awesome. So like I was able to like get up close and like look in the windows. They had like a little velvet rope in front of them that I could clearly ignore because nobody was there. <laughs> And, and, you know, that, that sort of, uh, also goes into the character where like you, you, I imagine you'd walk up to the velvet rope, look back and forth. Nobody's around. You're like, okay, I'll go get a closer look. Whereas me being, being the, the type of weenie I am, like I'd walk up and I'd be like, this is the coolest foot. You know, like I'd practically be jizzing in my pants, but that velvet rope may as well be like a 20 foot wall on fire. 
<laughs> and, and I just would not dare cross it. That is, uh, that is accurate. So I immediately called my wife and had her bring the kids down. So I got a pictures of the kids in front of like all the Batmobiles. Man. They couldn't make it until like the sun started going down. It was like an hour or two before the football game started. So there was starting to be some other people there, but it was pretty rad. You know, that, that talk of rules and admittance uh, reminds me of an experience we had in the past with conventions. When, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was going to college in, in Long Beach, you would come down. You did it two years. Oh, yeah, the two years I was down there. Yep. Um, and you would get yourself into E3. You would fake a badge and just get yourself in. So um, we decided, well, you, you hadn't faked a badge yet. This was the, the first day, so you hadn't gotten a look at it, but... You and myself and one of my neighbors all decided we were gonna we were gonna go break into the convention. So we drove to downtown LA where it was because this is when it wasn't open to the public. There were there were a few years there. A press only event. Yeah, yeah. It is open to the public now, right? Like you yeah, can buy tickets it's back and shit open. to either. I yep. bet it's a fucking shit show. Oh yeah. So we we decide that we're just we're just gonna stroll right in. They've got those people posted at the doors looking for badges. We didn't have any badges, no lanyards, no nothing. And you and my neighbor just walk right in i'm like 15 feet behind and the, it's like they can sense my fear and sure enough she's all oh, where's your badge and i just like i clammed up and go uh uh what what and you know looking down on my chest like where'd my badge go <laughs> and then i just sort of like wandered away to a to a gaming area and then i ended up walking around downtown la for about four hours while you guys were in the show yeah no it's it's all about confidence the, yep. the, the most important thing to remember when you're trying to go somewhere you're not supposed to be is to pretend like you're supposed to be there. Yeah. And I bet you didn't have that. No, not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. You just, you walk in like you own the place. You don't make eye contact with the people that are uh, going to stop you and you just keep moving no matter what. <sighs> no hesitation. Like you belong there. <laughs> I'm, I wonder what would have happened if I was walking with you guys if they would have spotted me and then caught us all or if i could have ridden the coattails of of your confidence and then i'm sure whatever that dude's name was i'm sure he was just stoned or drunk or both and just uh just sort of went with it well and then the next year due to your failure to get in that year i don't might not have been the next year might have been the year after no it's probably next year it had to have been the next yeah, year yeah, you only, yeah you went to school consecutive years there it turns out yes to try and combat that and get John in, I decide we decided to scope it out. So we went Friday night when people were there, and I took a, like some covert pictures of people's badges, mm -hmm. and then went over to a friend's house and used Photoshop to manufacture a fake badge. No, you did it at my place. Was it at your house? Oh yeah, we used my Photoshop. I remember helping you make them. Yeah, but I think we went to the other guy's house to print them because he had a he had a card printer. Okay. Anyway, we actually printed them out on cards and stuck them in the lanyard and. I could tell it had some sort of writing on the back, but I couldn't tell what it was. And so I just like wrote a thing on there, be like saying, hey, yeah, this badge is fake. You got me. Please let me in anyway. Come on. <laughs> just in case they decided to look closely at it and uh, offered to make you one. And uh, your, your, your fear of retribution kept you from taking that ride. Yeah, it, it wasn't worth it to me. I wasn't as much of a, a vidiot as, uh, as everyone else. And I don't know... If you understand how much it sucks that your buddies are in a video game convention having the time of their lives, and I looked out over the city, found the tallest building off in the distance, and decided I was going to walk to it. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I did. So 
I, you know, even, even chancing that wasn't a lot of fun, but I, I heard you guys had a great time and you guys ended up eating some mushrooms on the way back and getting stuck in traffic, right? Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> what was the coolest thing you saw at E3? Oh, like, geez. I don't know what that show is like. I could talk about Comic-Con it all was, day long. It was pretty cool because it was a press only event at that point. So like they'd usher you into rooms and you'd get to see like footage of games that are coming up and people playing it and talking about it. And there was so much swag. They're journalists, so they're trying to be like, say favorable things about our game. Yeah. You know, everyone's trying to bribe you, essentially, because it's not a, you know, open to the public event. And so just everyone's giving you tons and tons of shit. Awesome. Um, and I, I remember being really excited about a Castlevania game that was coming out. I don't remember which one it was. It was one of the, you know, one of the newer ones, obviously. Yeah, one of like, like the, the third person... Yeah. 3D ones. I don't remember which one it was, but I remember seeing all the stuff for it and being like, that looks fucking rad. And, you know, a bunch of other games that are probably older and dated now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it's like God of War 1. But it was cool because, like, we were pretending to be important people. Yeah. <laughs> they had, like, places where, like, there was just free food and shit. It was awesome. Well, and you, like, with, with dreadlocks down to your ass, like, you didn't stand out. Like, you weren't a sore thumb there. Well, so. no, and, and that, that kind of worked to my advantage sneaking in places because it'd be like, you know, who's going to be that conspicuous if they don't belong here? Yeah. <laughs> it's just the the tall, overweight, normal-looking dude. They're like, wait a minute, you should have a badge. But uh, but it was cool because you got to play a bunch of games that weren't coming out for a while, and and yeah, it was just it was it was a fun time. I I enjoyed it both times. Fuck yeah! I don't think I'd pay to go now though. Yeah, yeah, I, it's it's tough. I mean, especially since I'm sure those tickets disappear super quick. Like San Diego sells out in moments. Like the only reason I'm I've ever been able to go is because even independent producers of comics like myself get in for free with a professional badge. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I I can and and it's good for three years. It's cool that they still do that. Yeah, and it seems like they made it even easier this year. Like I feel like they guarantee you a guest badge now, whereas before they didn't. But when I was signing up for a guest badge this year, it seemed like like it was like a you get this. You just have to sign up by this date for sure. And uh, yeah, whereas before I know they they had more limitations on it. So sorry I couldn't take you this year. Yeah, that's okay. Maybe in another four or five years. Yeah, once we've got a couple books under our uh, under our belt, or that graphic novel, Space Oddities coming to you soon. Yeah, yeah. Once we have something <laughs> to hawk. Yeah. Okay. How about a break? Uh sure. Let's do it. Attention, Star Trek fans. The word is given. William Shatner, Captain Kirk of Star Trek, in person in Portland on August seventh at the Star Trek convention at the Holiday Inn Airport. There's dealers, auctions, contests, and tons of Star Trek fun. And William Shatner in person in a super rare appearance. The Star Trek convention, August 7th at the Holiday Inn Airport. Tickets at G.I. Joe Ticketmaster outlets or at the door. Welcome back, Ben. Heidi ho So, Mr. Robinson. That's me. What's your favorite use in pop culture? I think it may be a little bit of a stretch. Um, I'll be the judge because it's definitely a, uh, like a pop culture thing or at least a niche culture thing, which I think is the opposite of pop culture. So <laughs> 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 it may be completely wrong, but I'm going to go with uh cosplay. You know, it's not a movie or anything, but, uh, I couldn't come up with much in the way of, uh, film or literature that dealt with 
cons other than like Galaxy Quest started in one, but it's a good movie, but I don't if I'd call it my favorite anything. I do think cosplay is super rad and fun. Have you ever dressed up, John? Short answer is no. I remember when when we went to um, Comic-Con, we had a comic book that featured ourselves. So the joke was that we were cosplaying as ourselves from a comic book. But yeah, That is correct. We Yeah, it was a bit of a cop-out. No, you know, cosplay is, it's just a step beyond what I'm comfortable with. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's just, it's not for me. I, I feel too self-conscious like that. And, you know, like, I'm not... I don't go around judging people who are in costume. I do. I judge that they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically you do you do judge how great their costume is, you know, and whether or not they did a good job. But for some reason, I feel like if I'm dressed up, I'm being judged. And I oh, you don't are. like that. Yeah, you definitely are. So I like dressing up, and I like that other people dress up, and I think it's fun. Like I said, with Ren Fairs, I always dress up for Ren Fairs. I've dressed up for a number of Comic-Cons. Um, was it Wizard World or whatever? Yeah. Uh, I dressed up as Green Arrow because I had an old costume, did like a little domino mask and everything. Uh, do you still have the uh, the tidy whities dyed green? Uh, I did not. I kind of made a new makeshift uh, bottom half that was a little less revealing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I need to find that picture. Post it on the social media. But yeah, like I've always, I've always enjoyed dressing up and uh, like Halloween is one of my favorites. I've kind of been slacking in years of late, but I love making my own costume and yeah. doing something cool. Like when we were in a band back in 2004, uh, much to the chagrin of our lead singer <laughs> who took everything super seriously. Yeah. I pretty much insisted on wearing costumes, being the only person in the band wearing ridiculous costumes at uh, almost every show. Yeah. And it was delicious. Yeah. That's where we got classics like Shredder. Yeah. Yep. And that was a Halloween costume to start. It worked out because uh, we did a decent amount of shows, but uh, I had a lot of Halloween costumes over the years that I've made. I had like a, a Simon Belmont and a Link and a Did you wear my, my cheeseburger costume for a show? I did. Yep. And I wore I dressed up as a construction worker once because I was uh, running behind. And I was like, <laughs> wait, I have this stuff. This will work. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, I like the, the crafting of the costume and getting it done and being like, yes, this looks awesome. The thing I like the least about uh, cosplay is the attention. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really want to get a lot of attention, but you do when you're in costume somewhere. You know, it's, I guess it's kind of a conundrum with me too, because like what you were saying about Halloween, that 100% rings true with me. Like I love to dress up at Halloween. I don't like just having some fucking out of the package store-bought costume if I can avoid it. I guess it's just when it's a personal thing, it it really makes me happy. But out in public with strangers, I just, I can't dig on it. Yeah. And I, well, and I think oddly enough, one of the reasons that I did it when we were in a band was to avoid attention to a degree. Because like you're in a band, you're on stage, you're getting attention. Yeah. So I could kind of hide behind the costume and make myself feel more comfortable. Yeah. They're looking, they're looking at a weird shredder bass player. They're not, they're not looking at Ben Robinson. Yeah. But then when you go to a convention, uh, yeah, you definitely get noticed and people want to take pictures with you. The last sack anime that I didn't get to go to, my daughter uh, dressed up for the first time and had an absolute blast. She was someone from my hero academia. <laughs> 
If it's not All Might, I don't know the name. No, it's All Might's like protege. Oh gosh, she's gonna be upset that I don't remember his name. It's it's Su- Suzuki, Suzuki Yojiro. But she is because uh, she's currently in love with him, and so she dressed up as him, and she had a friend that also dressed up and was like super stoked because a bunch of people wanted to take pictures with her and. And the other cool thing is like you can trade inside jokes with other people that are fans of whatever thing you're dressing up as, you know, like they'll come over and make a comment from the show and you can make the comment back to them. And then you're like, yeah, we're awesome. It's an inside joke. <laughs> I don't know. It just makes you, it's, it's like you're, you know, you're already part of this geeky community and now you're part of like the, the inner sanctum of turbo geekdom Yeah, that uh, resides in that community. And it's fun. Yeah. And I like making stuff. So I get to make a costume. So what about you, John? What 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 uh, when you mined the the depths of pop culture for conventions? What did you come up with? Oh, I stopped real quick. I I skimmed the surface and called myself happy. Now you know, like we've talked about in the past, when it comes to the the pop culture references and whatnot, like I have a very hard time separating pop culture from film. It's just where my brain goes. Like, okay, what what was the what was the movie that this was in? Um. And clearly there's no like comic con video game. As far as I know, there, there probably is one for mobile or steam or something somewhere. I bet it's nobody's favorite. Anything. Yes. Um, comic con tycoon. (laughs) Yeah. Get the, get the most swag in your bag. Um, but mine comes from a little film in the mid late nineties, the Kevin Smith film chasing Amy. Uh, it opens up, on a comic convention because the uh, three main characters, I guess, are all comic artists. And um, you've got shit. Holden McNeil and Banky Edwards, maybe? Holden and Banky, Ben Affleck and Jason Lee's character. Um, they draw the character uh, Blunt Man and Chronic. You've got Joey Lauren Adams, who's the uh, the romantic foil of the movie. She does her own like indie weirdo comic that has some long-winded title i can't remember the name of it at the moment and i'm okay with that um but there's this exchange where this guy goes to talk to banky who's the inker and it's it's a classic exchange that i would not be able to do justice so i implore people dear listeners to go check it out on youtube or go rent the movie from somewhere about banky just being a tracer like anybody who who draws comic books or has insight onto the process of it just it it i mean i guess it's a it's a really niche reference because the general public isn't going to give a shit about that you know they're gonna be like yeah he is a fucking tracer but you know you hear banky saying things like no i embellish you know and and it's it's true inkers are so much more important than some people give them credit for and that's why that joke works for the people who know yeah an an inker is a tracer like a drummer is a metronome yes Oh, wow. That is, that's a very good analogy. Yeah. Cause you, you can keep the beat real simple, like, but, uh, yeah, a good drummer does a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you can, I mean, yeah. Either one of those helps set the tone for the final product. Like, cause I've, I've, you know, worked with you a bunch where you ink all your own stuff essentially. Yes. And I imagine it's gotta be interesting, um, or difficult for some artists to kind of let that go. Cause the inker does a lot. Like if you look at rough sketches or the, you know, the sketches prior to inks, yeah, the pencils. Oh, uh, yeah. Throwing out lingo here, 
Um, but yeah, if you look at the pencils before it gets inked, uh, and then after, like there's a lot of different ways that could go. And so as a penciler, you'd have to have a good bit of trust and, uh, a good working relationship with whoever's inking it, I imagine, in order to kind of get what you thought you were going to get when you drew it. I, I haven't had a whole lot of experience with other people inking my stuff, but it is scary because it is your product at the end of the day. And I've seen pencilers with different inkers and I've seen what they can do to somebody's work. Sometimes it is the cleanest, most elevated work you can see. And then there are certain inkers who just who are very rough. And when they're going over a, uh, a clean penciler, they just make it look like chicken scratch. You know, it's, it really is a very nuanced thing, putting a penciler and, and an inker together because, you know, somebody like, like this, uh, this inker, or, I mean, he's mostly an inker now, but he also does pencils. Uh, Kevin Nolan, like his art style just takes over whatever he's inking. And same thing with like some legends like John Byrne, fucking uh jerry ordway you know like the these guys when they're inking somebody else's work they put a lot of their own flavor on there whereas if i'm inking somebody else's work i'm trying to take the best of what their pencils have and elevate that you know if if it's clean pencils i'm staying clean and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to hit those lines as just as you know as clean as possible but um yeah, it's it's a tough gig because, I mean, and some pencilers go very, very loose. So you have to sort of interpret things on your own. Yeah, it is definitely an artistic collaboration. So you got to know who you're collaborating with, I guess. Yeah. So if it were just as easy as tracing, it wouldn't matter. But it certainly is not, as that convention movie said. Brought it back. <laughs> total total clean uh, clean transition there <laughs> not forced at all <laughs> um so next up and you know we we haven't we haven't done our traditional episode structure in a while so let's do a little one word review here what do you got for me what's your one word review of conventions so my one word review i was thinking about there's a lot of things i like about them and and that but universally the one thing that I always walk away from a convention with is uh, being tired. So I went with tiring. Like by the end of the day, your feet are sore. You've been carrying shit around all day. Your, yeah. Your brain's done. You're just, you know, you're ready to get in the car and go home. And you usually parked farther away than you wish you had. <laughs> and you're just worn out, man, because you spend the whole time walking around and waiting in lines and you know, like you ate some shitty food that was there that was way too expensive and oh yeah you know by the end of the day you're you're just kind of tired and you're like all right it's time to go i'm currently shopping for uh for some shoes to wear down there because i wear chucks everywhere and those are not great for being on your feet all day i learned at disneyland last year they do not have much support no so on that note, John, I'm kind of wondering, um, not of the shoe note, the tiring note, like from <laughs> the other side of the table as someone who's, uh, you know, as an artist, you know, you're there sitting on your butt all day. Is it still tiring? Is it still like a draining experience? Not nearly as much because, you know, you're, you're not on your feet, but it is a little more, emo not emotionally, but just sort of like mentally. It's more mentally exhausting because... You, I, I, I go into what I call con mode. I don't do well with like praise generally. Like if somebody's looking at my stuff when I'm drawing at a coffee shop or something and, and 
I'm not saying this because, oh, look at me, I'm great. But if somebody comes in, they're just like, oh, this stuff is fantastic. You know, oh, you're, you're so good or something, something along those lines. Like, I feel like an asshole even saying that I clam up and I get sheepish. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't do well with, with super compliments like, or the, the attention. I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. Well, no, I, I am the same exact way. Yeah, but when I go into con mode, in quotes, I'm doing air quotes over here just to paint the picture for everyone, I become somebody entirely different. I've got a smile on my face. I'm very talkative. The small talk just flows. I can sit there and draw and have people look at it and go, oh, that's so cool what you're doing. I'm just like, yeah, isn't it? And like, not, not like a dickhead, but just sort of like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm blah, you know, check this out. And, you know, and it's very, very easy and natural for me when I go into con mode, but it is exhausting. By the end of the day, I'm just sort of like, okay, I want to pack my shit up at home and just sit on the couch and just veg. I don't want to have to talk to anyone as much as I enjoy it. Except you've got a bunch of commissions you got to finish now. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you got more work to do when you get home. There is that problem. And and I guess that is an exhausting part too, is uh, when people are commissioning you to draw things and then all of a sudden you realize you don't have enough time at the show to finish it. So you have to take your work home with you, you know, get people's numbers so you can meet up with them and give them their, their pieces. Yeah, it does take a toll. Yeah, well, and I imagine um, you've got to kind of be your own advocate you know you got got to sell yourself and sell your stuff and and that that's something i've never been really good at or comfortable with i've really only encountered it like job interviews and shit i hate getting a job like you have to you know like why are you good at this yeah you know i hate because i don't like telling people i'm good and so i imagine that's kind of your job there like you have to be like well you know this is my stuff buy it because it's good well that that is 100 percent accurate. You do have to do that. But I take a slightly different approach on it because I see so many people. And like when I'm a, an attendee just walking around a convention, especially at like the, the independent comic uh, conventions, like, uh, like the Alternative Press Expo up here in the Bay, uh, ApeCon, you know, where it's all independent comics creators. I was hoping there'd be more chimpanzees there. <laughs> gotta tell you. Uh, well, I, I get sick of being barked at. I get sick of being like catcalled and pitched that by the end of the day, I don't want to talk to people. And I recognize that. So when I'm on the other side of the table, I try to be as approachable as possible because I can see it in people's eyes when they're standing 10 feet away and they're, they're afraid to make eye contact with you and, and they don't want to ask you about things because you're going to start pitching them. So I, I always just sort of call out and I'm like, Hey, Feel free to come up and take a look at something. If you, you know, let me know if you have any questions. I'll leave you alone. You know, this is a this is a low pressure situation here. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bark at you. And I just I try to make it comfortable for them to look at things, and then they can decide if it's something they want to put money towards. And you know, and and I feel bad sometimes when somebody looks at something and they go, "Oh, okay, well, you know, I'll uh, I'll probably be back later." It's like, no, you won't. And 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 that's okay. <laughs> Do they ever come back later? No. Never. <laughs> and I, I, I recognize that too, because I used to do that as well. You know, I've, I've definitely said that before. Yeah. I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, you know, and, and it's not that I want to say like, no, I'm not interested because they don't need to hear that, but they are hearing that when you say, oh, I'll be back later. You know, I, I know you won't, but again, it's all right. It is okay that you don't buy anything from me. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people there selling stuff. You can't buy something from everybody. Yeah. 
I mean, when I go to the the smaller shows, I try to. Like, I really want to support everyone that's doing the same thing as me. Oh, yeah. I love Artists Alley. That's like my favorite part of the con is going back there and seeing, you know, especially the local artists, like people that you wouldn't see anywhere else, really, um, or probably would not encounter normally is going back and just seeing them do cool stuff. And you see something neat and uh, you pick it up. It costs you 10, 15 bucks and you got a cool new picture or thing. That That's my favorite thing to do at shows now. You know, when we were younger and, you know, like like my first experience is going to WonderCon, it was like a giant artist sally where all these professionals are just there they're hanging out and they're drawing comics and you get to watch them and talk to them like even at san diego one year i remember i was we had arthur adams who's one of my all-time favorites and then bruce tim the the legendary creator of the batman animated series and all those other ones for dc and warner brothers they were sitting right next to each other i was like holy shit this is a dream come true so I, i was just standing there watching them you know just just looking over the table and after a while like Bruce Tim just sort of like looks up and he's like, like, yeah, can I help you? Got any questions? I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I, I just want to watch you. Yeah, just, just watching. Like, All right. And uh, <laughs> I, I really, I love it when somebody does that same thing to me. Like, you know, after, they'll be watching as I sketch something and I'll, I'll do the same thing. I'll look up and, and say, Hey, how's it going? They're just like, Oh, can I just watch? I'm like, of course you can. That is, that is the best. Yeah, that's that's one of the main benefits of being here. Yeah, like like the artist alley stuff that I love about conventions is you get you can get artist sketchbooks. Like that's my favorite thing to collect when I'm at conventions. You know, like Arthur Adams always he puts a new one out every year. You know, the just collections of of their sketches. You get to see the process. You know, it's not all it's not all gunked up with with somebody else's inks or colors or word balloons. Like it's pure. Yeah, you get to see some of the half-finished stuff that they abandoned. Yeah. But uh, it, it's still an interesting insight into, you know, their mind. Yeah, and you get to see how they construct figures when you see the pencil lines on there still. That's one of the things that I, at least the cons that I've been to most recently, it seemed like Artist Alley was almost entirely populated by local folks. And anyone who had any sort of clout was like behind a stand-in-line to get an autograph line yeah at least anyone that i recognized you couldn't just like walk up and be like hey what's up i'm gonna you know walk by and chat with you like you had to it was a metered experience that's true like even i remember last time we were at san diego there's this artist dan jurgens who was one of my all-time favorites he was a huge superman guy in the late 80s he was the architect of like the death of superman you know he's he's a dc legend but you know he he hasn't done anything super big and great in 20, 25 years. I'm sorry, Mr. Jurgens, But even a few years ago, you know, like he, he's not going to be sitting at an art at a, at an artist alley table or have his own little booth. Like there's a special Dan Jurgens signing moment at this certain place for this two hour window. And there's a line going, you know, forever back. I don't, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but to the point to where I'm not going to be able to meet one of my heroes, or at least not... Not without sacrificing two hours of your time and just being able to say, like, Hi, oh, I like your stuff. Yeah. I really like Death of Superman. We should kill him again. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and you, you, don't, you don't get to talk to them anymore. And it's, it's kind of a bummer, which actually um, kind of ties into my one-word review. I'm, I'm, going, I'm cheating this time, and I've got 
two one-word reviews. Oh. Yeah, it is not a two-word review. It is two separate one-word reviews. So one-word review for conventions, I'm starting with the before. It was heaven. You know, like, like I was saying, like, it was like Willy Wonka's factory to someone like me. Like they're all the art and the creators and the shit I've never seen before, like toys and, and books and movies. Like that's how I got a copy of the fantastic four movie that was never released or the justice league TV pilot that was never released. The star Wars Christmas special. Oh shit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We should, that should have never been released. <laughs> yeah. We should, uh, we should watch that sometime. Let's, let's get it on DVD next time we go to a convention. But then the other one-word review now is claustrophobic. Yeah. Like, especially down at, down at San Diego. Like, it's, it's gotten so big that everywhere you go, you're jammed into a pack of people, like, moving at a snail's pace. Even outside, it's like Yeah. A, like, within, like, a mile radius of the convention center, it's just a freaking ant hill. The whole gas lamp district, yeah. Yeah. And, like, people smell... And they push up against you, like maybe they'll turn intangible and phase through you if they push just <laughs> right. But I mean, like I said, like I, I gave up on the show. And, and the only reason I went last time was for you. And the only reason I'm going this time is for Angelina. Because I can, I can stand to not go to that show. I would really love to find a smaller show that gives me more of what I loved when I was younger. I hear there's one in, there's one in Berkeley that's a, that's a good one. It's and they're gonna have Eric Larson there, uh, so I may I may cruise out there. I kind of understand it to a degree with that amount of interest, especially with MCU kind of you know killing it and upping the interest and expanding beyond you know comic books. Now it's comic books and cartoons and anime and movies and TV shows. The audience has gotten so big that anyone with any clout, I mean the you know if you're if you're gonna sit at a table, but a thousand people want to talk to you. Yeah. That's not going to work. Like yeah. even if you yeah. were sitting at a table and you know, the two guys on either side of you are going to be pissed because their tables are going to be blocked by all the assholes who want to talk to you. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, I get the necessity of it. It's just too bad that that is kind of where it is now because I got sack anime. My daughter waited in line for like two and a half hours to get a guy's autograph. Cause you're like super stoked. She, he did like a ton of the voices for some of her favorite characters. And uh, so she was super excited about, you know, meeting him and getting him to sign something. And she was super happy she did it. But that was definitely my wife's least favorite portion of the con was standing in line for two and a half hours. Well, yeah, it's like going to an amusement park and waiting two hours to get on a ride. Yeah. Like that's it. And it's over and you don't get that time back. But I, I mean, I guess I can understand that because it's not it's it's kind of a, a, a weird conundrum that they can't just like have SAC Anime or San Diego Comic Con every weekend so everyone has a chance to meet this person they can't do that but ironically like after that statement is like conventions are popping up more and more all over the place so it's it's almost kind of losing its luster because there's a lot more shitty conventions too you know like just small teeny tiny ones yeah yeah i guess so and i guess cons are a victim of their own success yeah you know when you had a thousand people coming through the door total is one thing but now you have you know thirty thousand people which is great. You can have a bigger con with bigger stars and more stuff. Oh, yeah. But, it, you know, at some point it becomes Disneyland. Yeah, it really does. And, and I imagine I'm going to have to do the exact same thing at the con that I had to do at Disneyland with Angelina, where going through a crowd, I basically had to make a triangle. Like, I would stand behind her 
with my arms, you know, on either side of her pointing forward. So it's like, it's like making the bow of a boat for her to get through without people pressing up against her. Cause she doesn't do well in crowds like that. Yeah. It's like the concert express. Like when you were trying to get to the front of a concert with your girl, you kind of steer everyone away. Yeah. Yeah. So you can move through. And, you know, speaking about what I said a second ago with uh, the types of people that are there and how claustrophobic it is, I'm going to do a ranking list. Woo! Yeah, I know. You should be excited My because- favorite. Yeah, I didn't have one, and Ben, everybody, convinced <laughs> me to do one. I hadn't done one in a while. It's it's hard sometimes, and, and I never want to force it, but guess what I did today? I forced that. Uh, hashtag don't force it. So I'm going to do a quick and easy one. This is good advice for those uh, out there listening to this that are going to attend a con. Just make sure you are not one of the three worst types of con goers. Oh boy, I hope I'm not on this list. (laughs) You probably are. All right. These are in no particular order. They all suck, but they are definitely the three worst. So one is the loud one. That's the the one that walks around and yeah, they're they're essentially comic book guy from Simpsons. Google it, kids. <laughs> they're the ones that have dissenting opinions about everything. They are right, everything else sucks, and they say it so loud that you're ten feet away and they don't know you're there, but somewhere inside of them they want you to hear it. Or they're like like standing up, up away from the booth and we're like, look at Deadpool's thumb. That's totally wrong. You know, they're not. It, that kind of shit. It's not. No, it's not them talking shit about me. It's just like, like there's some Star Wars booth somewhere and they're just like, yeah, did you see that Millennium Falcon out there? Yeah, I could have done better than that with uh, one hand tied behind my back and a set of basic Legos. Are you fucking kidding me? That's what they, you know, and they they just they can't stop talking shit, and you can see it even on their friends' faces. They're just like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, who invited this guy? It sucks for everyone around you. Don't do it. If you want to talk shit, and you're talking to your friends, just talk to them. Not not everybody needs to hear it. But their opinions are so important, John. Fuck you. <laughs> and fuck them too. The next one is. I alluded to this in the claustrophobic part, the stinky one. Okay, serious. Like, I can't believe I even have to say this if you're an adult living in America or any civilized portion of the world. Put on some fucking deodorant. Wash your fucking armpits, clean your glog damn ass crack, and spray some axe all over yourself if you have to. I don't want to smell that shit, but... I don't want to smell your B.O. at all. <laughs> There's B.O. everywhere. Why? Why? You know, we're, we're adults or at least teenagers. Teenagers know to, to put on some fucking deodorant. <sighs> Even my daughter, who does not uh, deodorize well or uh, effectively yet, did, had the decency to put on deodorant before she went to an- Sac Anime. Yeah. And hey, this is also a PSA to everybody out there who knows how to put deodorant on, but you're walking around with the stinky one. Fucking call them out. Embarrass them and, you know, pack some extra deodorant if you know you've got a stinky friend. Tell them to put it on. And if they get embarrassed, say, chill the fuck out, grow a pair, and just put on the fucking deodorant. Do us all a favor. Everyone. 
It smells like a like a fucking three day old hot dog in there. It's fucking gross. On uh, it's not bo. Well, I guess it is technically, but uh, I have definitely uh, been guilty of uh, crop dusting my way through a con. You fucker! You would. <laughs> you absolutely would. You love farting in public uh, places. I do. I like <laughs> farting in general, but yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's funny when it's a surprise. Yeah, I guess <laughs> no, it's not funny to me, but um. All right. And then the third one, this is more specific to when you're talking to artists. I'm talking about the picky one. So uh, full disclosure, I understand that when you are going to an artist and you're paying them to draw something, you have the right to be specific. You have something in mind you want. If you're paying them, they need to deliver it. But here's, here's where the problem arises. I had this person come to me at a, at a show I did and they asked for an extra, like they wrote out this whole description of this character, you know, the striped shirt, the overalls, the type of hair they have, you know, what this kind of effeminate anime like features they have, the shoes they wear. Okay. That's fine. That's great. I'm going to draw that for you and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability, but don't come back and then say, oh, no, you're going to have to redraw the head, or no, it needs to look more like this, or, you know, it's, it's a con sketch. If you're paying me 25 bucks to sketch something up, especially if I'm doing colors and shit, you know, be as specific as you can up front, and then, uh, I don't know, if I'm drawing something in my style, then please be happy with, with what I've done. Um, yeah, don't, don't get a commission from an artist unless you like the way their art looks. Yes, exactly. Like, like you look at their art and be like, I like the style. I like the way he does this. I would like the thing I would like drawn like that. Yeah, I, I wonder if I came off as, as too much of a uppity dickhole just a second ago. But but yeah, that, that really is what it is. You know, it's if you want a character that's very anime looking, I don't know if I'm the guy for you. If you want... A, a picture of Batman drawn in Jim Lee's style, I'm probably not the guy for you. That's not what I do. Just don't be the person who goes up to an artist and pays them to draw something and then goes back and says, no, you have to do it again because that's not what I want. Certainly don't ever go back and say that. Yeah. I mean, like maybe some mild suggestions at best, but I mean, I don't think you get much in the way of revisions on a con sketch. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go back and be like, you know, actually, I need you to change this and this and this and this. Like, you only get a certain amount of time. And there's other people that are getting drawings made. Yes. So chill out. man. Yeah, like, that 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 was a big part of it, too. Yeah. Is is the time is valuable because you're you're only at the convention for a little bit. And a lot of artists, you know, they'll just they'll do what they do. They'll slap down some ink and send you on your way. You know, I, I have gotten a con sketch or two with, that I was disappointed in. But, you know, I, I paid them to do it. They did what, what I asked them to do. So that's the end of it. But when I'm drawing something for somebody, I, I really do want their approval. I want them to appreciate what they've gotten from me. So I will ask their opinion after I've done the penciling. But it just it caught me a little off guard when, when he's like, oh, no, you're going to have to redraw the head. And uh, no, you got to, you know, it, it, the pockets aren't in the right place. Oh, you my need goodness. to move this. You need to. Yeah. Didn't he put you through like four rounds of revisions and then not actually pick it up at the end? He did not pick it up. I still have that. I mean, because I I think he could read it on my face that I was getting getting a bit tired of it. And and you know he's like, oh, if I'm being, or he's like, I'm sorry, I know I'm I know I'm a bit much. And I was and I was like, look, dude, like it's a con sketch, you know, and you can't you can't just be sending me 
picture after picture of this very specific type of overalls from the 70s and say the stripes have to be just right and and you know say no you have to redraw this button because it's in the wrong place and this pocket's wrong it's like dude like that if if you want to if you want to get a get a nice very specific commission done let's talk about it but yeah con sketches are a different thing so it ain't gonna be 20 bucks yeah, exactly. You know, may, just think think about the artist that you're that you're talking to, and make sure you're making it worth their time too. Yeah, don't commission Salvador Dali and then be like, you know, this clock's a little melty looking. Can we uh, <laughs> can we straighten that out? Yeah. So again, hopefully, I didn't come off like an entitled fucking douche. Artists have feelings too. <laughs> They're not all just slinging prints to fill their pocketbooks you know the the artists do take pride in what they do and um they want you to be happy well you got to think about their time too you know if you can ask someone if someone was to ask you to spend an hour or so of your time doing something would you want to do like a four-hour task for someone for like 20 bucks no probably not the artist's time is valuable as well yeah um, so that's my list man that that was not as short as i thought it would be no that's a uh I think that's some good advice for congoers. Yeah. Um, on a related note, I was wondering, um, I've never been on the other side of the table there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I might be soon. Our buddies over at Authors and Dragons are having like a very intimate con in Las Vegas in September. I'm definitely going to it and going to try and hype the podcast and the comic Space Oddities because we should have the first issue out by then. Yes. So I'm I'm going to get a table there and try to do that. And when is that? That's uh, September 19th, the weekend of September 19th, 20th, and 21st, I believe. Yeah, right after my birthday. Yeah. And it's going to be super fun. I'm super stoked about it. But I've never done this shit before, and uh, you're not sure if you're going to make it. So uh, do you got any advice for uh, folks that are going to be sitting on the uh, creative side of that table? Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see. So. Find your inner con mode. Think about what kind of person you would want to run into when you're at a convention. What kind of person do you appreciate being on the other side of the table? You don't want somebody that's sitting there doing their own thing. And like, you know, in my case, if I'm drawing uh, or some, some artists when they're drawing, they just put their, they put their face down in their work and they ignore you. And, the, you know, you're like, oh, this is great. They're like, oh, oh good. They're like, <laughs> oh, I'd like to buy this. Oh, okay. Here you go. And, you know, it, it fucking sucks. Don't be that guy. Be friendly. You know, try to make people feel comfortable and don't make it about sales. That's, that's my best advice because, you know, you, you can trap some people, but I, I feel like when, when I'm being a pitch man and a salesman, I feel like the sales that I'm getting are pressure sales. And that's not who I want to be, you know, the, that's the kind of person like in the mall yesterday that tricked me into buying this shoe cleaning system. Your shoes are gorgeous though, John, they look beautiful. They do look great. It's true. But then I'm, I'm bitching about money and, and going to Las Vegas for a convention and that, um, so yeah, that is my, my best advice. Be confident in the product that you are selling. Know that there is value as well and be nice. You know, just treat everybody like they are a potential fan. They just don't know about you. Well, yeah, I imagine if you get a really high pressure sale that, uh, you know, they may buy it, but if they walk away thinking that it was not a good purchase, uh, they're probably not going to become a fan. Yeah. 
So the the tough part for me is that, uh, you know, I don't do anything. So I guess I'll just have to sit there. <laughs> like I can't draw. <laughs> no, no. Well, and, I'll sit there and, and read the comic and just make noise like, ooh, oh, man, this is amazing. My my best advice to you then and and people like you who are writers who are pitching this, it's some advice that uh, that some friends of mine uh, gave me at shows is stand. Oh, interesting. I always take take an opportunity during the show to stand up. It's more inviting. It's less intimidating. You're on the same level as people. And so you just you just naturally connect in the eyes. You give them a smile. They come up and you talk. That, make, that makes a lot of sense because like uh, I've been to a few trade shows and those people are always standing. Yeah. You barely ever see anyone that's sitting. And when you do, it's very easy to walk past their booth. Yeah. They look disinterested and not as uh, exciting, I guess, or inviting as somebody who's standing up. Yeah. When I've done shows with the, uh, the Ghost Thunder Collective, um, some friends of ours, there, there was three of them. So with me there too, there was four. At any point in time, there was always at least one person standing and they were the go-to, um, not Barker, but you know, they were, they were the, they were the front person who would talk to people as they came by. And, um, yeah, it, it, it is more inviting. People are more willing to talk to you if you're standing. All right, cool. I'll have to keep that in mind. That'll be fun. Yeah. Is it okay to like not be at your booth for a while? Because like I, I'm, I'm also no. going to enjoy what's going on there. So no, I may do that anyway. That, well, that is the hard part of uh, most of the shows I do. I am by myself. You know, sometimes Angelina will come out with the kid and I can get them to watch the booth for a second while I go take a leak um, or a quick trip around. But I mean, like you said, if this is a more intimate con and hopefully you're posted up by somebody you know or somebody you trust, you know, if you want to run around real quick, you know, just you can put it, you can put a sign up and I don't imagine people are going to jack your shit at that point. Most of the time, people are pretty good about keeping an eye out and then the the con goers aren't going to like just come up and raid your shit if nobody's sitting there. But you never know. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I know. uh, Yeah, you had a. When we stopped by and saw you at Sac Anime last year, you had to go take a leak and and Haley manned your booth, my daughter, for briefly. And I kept trying to tell her to tell everyone that it was her art. Because <laughs> a bunch uh, of people came up and like, did you draw this? She was like, no. Yeah. All of a sudden, the anime folks are yeah. approaching the table when it's, a, when it's a cute little girl sitting there. I told her, like, take your book and like, or, like your clipboard and like pretend she's drawing and stuff and look all serious. But she didn't want to do it. Yeah. Nobody wants to come up and talk to a to a tall, handsome man at an anime convention. For anybody thinking about doing that, go do it. It's fun. Just try not to break the bank on it because, you know, sometimes you, you gear yourself up for shows. You buy prints. You do your travel and lodging expenses and, and your meals and everything. And it is very possible going into a convention that you won't sell a single glog damn thing. And uh, it's a bummer. Yeah, well, on the bright side, I'm going mostly to have fun and do a little bit of pitching. It's going to be a pretty small, uh, intimate group of folks, I got a feeling. But uh, it will be a really fun group of people, so it should be a really good time. And also, if nothing else, it's in fucking Vegas. Yeah, I've never been to Vegas. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, I did a show that I completely lost everything on or everything I'd put into it. But it was in fucking Modesto. So Ooh. I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do in Modesto? Yeah. 
Go see the, the childhood home of George Lucas. I mean, I'm sure there is somebody there who knows where it is and, and tries to, <laughs> I don't know, run tours. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> this, this is where George Lucas went to elementary school. I'm surprised there isn't a George Lucas statue. But I digress, as usual. Um, digression that's what we do best yeah digression colon the podcast are there any cons that uh that you haven't been able to attend that you really really want to go to one day the one thing that i think could be considered a con possibly but it's town wide Ooh, is every year in metropolis illinois uh, there's yes. there's like a like a possibly week-long maybe a weekend-long superman celebration they got a big statue of superman there, they don't do they? and they've got a yeah. fucking museum they like the the town at least at least the people running the town the people who make the decisions embrace the whole superman angle and i want to visit there so bad it's a small town isn't it yeah it is it it's is not a, a, not a metropolis no it's a little baby town we should totally go on a geek exploration trip there you said it's in idaho uh, Illinois, Illinois, well, that's yeah, much further away. Yeah, Idaho wouldn't be a problem. My parents live there. You know what else? I think is in uh, no, it's not in Illinois. It's in India, uh, Indianapolis. What's that? Which is not far from Illinois. Is Gen Con, which is like the nation's biggest tabletop gaming board game convention. Nerd Con. Oh, and I want to go so fucking bad, <laughs> so bad. It is on my uh, bucket list of of cons I want to attend because you can go there. And they've got all the all the new shit, and they've got like big, you know, big rooms where you can play all the new games, and other people that want to play the games are there. They've got uh, like little drop-in D and D games, and all kinds of different other RPGs and stuff, and you know, panels and all the kind of you know stuff you'd expect from a con, except uh, it's geared towards something I'm super interested in. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm going to go one of these days. I imagine it's it's pretty analogous to what metropolis and the superman celebration is to me <laughs> i think i think you are into tabletop games about the same level as i am into superman so if there's something completely devoted to it it's the place to be yeah yeah it would be cool if they were going on near the same time and we could make one trip out of it yeah we'll start the gofundme for the uh for the midwest geek exploration con trip yeah and if they're like three months apart we'll just uh, hang out and wait yeah why not? That seems sensible, right? I will go. I'll pack up my life and move to Metropolis, Illinois. <laughs> it's, it's designed for me. You know, I've I've also always kind of wanted to go to a Star Trek convention, but I don't think I've ever seen one. It's like the quintessential nerd convention. Yeah, is a Star Trek convention, and I can't ever recall hearing about one happening anywhere. Yeah, where it's solely Star Trek. Yeah, weird. But like that's that is the you know go to nerd convention. Yes, and uh, I'm so I'm assuming they at least must have existed at some point. Yeah, I wonder if they just grew and evolved. Yeah, or just got integrated into the rest of fandom. Yeah, like know? back in the day, there was Star Trek conventions and comic book shows in hotel lobbies. Yeah, and then they're like, hey, by our powers combined. Well, yeah, because if you go to like you know small comic cons and stuff they have star trek stuff they've got doctor who stuff yeah they've got all the uh you know it's it's all the nerddom that you could hope for is generally there and so i think it's kind of all gotten mashed into the one thing which maybe if it was more separate it would still be kind of intimate where it was just comic books or just star trek yeah but uh alas 
that is not the case any longer. No. Well, uh, what do you think? I feel like we've shot a pretty good wad on uh, on this topic, if I could be gross about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right across the the arched back of conventions. Yeah. Oh, oh, what, what does uh, what does Kevin Smith say? All over your face, neck, and chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So summarizing and putting putting a little bow on it, I've got a lot of love for what conventions meant to me when I was younger. So I, it keeps me going. I hope I will find that perfect show. But I mean, clearly, as you can see from the way the world has gone, these things are popular. They're huge. They're great. Everyone has fun. You know, if you don't mind some crowds and some stink, then that's the worst you're looking to, to have to experience. So I still highly recommend going to cons. You know, if I had never been to San Diego Comic Con before, you know, if I if I wasn't a seasoned veteran like I am, <laughs> pinky out, I've been so many times, I would be so stoked to go. So maybe I'm just a little, little jaded by experience and age. I'm a salty old man now. But you know, I, lo- I love them for what they are. You don't get that experience anywhere else at all. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're great because you get to get in a, in a space with a bunch of like-minded people that are all excited about the same thing and experience it and meet the folks that are involved in creating it and doing it and, you know, buy swag that uh, reflects how much you love it and uh, in some occasions dress up all stupid-like uh, to show everyone how enthusiastic <laughs> you are. Um, and I, and I think that's, that's the thing. Like, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like a nerdy thing, like comics or games or anything like that. You know, I'm, there are crocheting conventions where people that are really into crocheting, they're crocheting geeks go out (laughs) and, uh, get to like hang out and do some needlework and hang out with other people doing the same thing that really into it. You know, it's a good space where you can network with folks that, uh, are into the same hobbies and the little niche things that you're into and. Yeah. Learn more things about it and learn about new portions of that uh, nerddom that you have maybe not heard of before and expand your horizons beyond what you know presently. And that's always a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's a, if it's sweaty and stinky and slow, it's it still has a lot of value, I think. Well, yeah, and you you can there there's a lot to learn too, you know, like the the when in doubt black it out. You know, you never know who you're going to meet that will have a piece of advice for you or, or a different way of thinking that will, that will help you out in the future. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you learn from the folks that are there. Like if there was a podcasting convention, we should totally go. Cause I'm guarantee there's people that know how to do this better than us. Yeah. And I'm certain we could learn something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We're, we're, we're pretty, pretty much experts. Yeah. And if, and if nothing else, you'd find, you might find out about like new stuff, like new podcasts that you didn't know about that are really awesome. Yeah. That, that's, uh, that'll be fun when we, uh, we're going to do another, uh, convention in, in September. This is for the Sacramento locals. It's called Art Mix CrockerCon. The Crocker Art Museum does an art mix with a different theme every month, but every September, Eben Burgoon, a uh, local comics creator, I've worked with him before, puts on a comic convention that is, it's like like it says in the title, it's half art mix, half comic convention. There's live music, there's food and drinks. Like it's more of a of an adult elevated evening. Um, it's just a couple hours and we're going to be there. I will have a table set up. We will have our recorder there. We'd love to talk to people, get you featured on the episode. And I will also have some artwork from our upcoming comic book, Space Oddities, 
hanging in the Crocker Art Museum for a comic book exhibit they are putting up. It's going to run from July until the Crocker Con. So get in there, check it out, come and talk to us about some things. I should bring the recorder to Vegas with me too. 100%. Yeah, yeah. should absolutely do that. Because it's going to be, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be an interesting experience. Yeah. Possibly a shit show. Depends. Probably both at separate times. Yeah, hopefully at separate times. You're in Vegas. <laughs> but um, I, I looked it up too. It is, uh, the actual con is on the 21st and 22nd is the weekend, is the Saturday, Sunday of uh, September. And so if you're going to be in Vegas, then drop by. Yeah. Uh, tickets are still available and uh, at uh, authorsanddragons.com. What's it cost to get in? I think it's 50 bucks because it's so small and they had to pay for the, uh, you know, they had to pay, they're paying for it themselves because they live on different continents. One of the guys is British, so they they have a hard time getting together every year. And so they just figured they would do it on their own and have some other writers that uh, fit in with their kind of comedy fantasy genres come and have tables and yeah it's like a reunion like everyone everyone pitch in let's all party together yep yeah and they invited me because i've done a couple guest dm spots for them and 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 technically help write a comic book so i'm kind of a writer yeah nothing like these guys are but uh you know take what i can get yeah they will take what you give them (laughs) but uh yeah so it's gonna be an eventful uh summer here all right. Well, looking forward to it. Uh, and thank you very much for traversing these crowded aisles of uh, today's episode, folks. If you want to let us know how we did, and we implore you to please do that, because why not? You can email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can hit us up on the social medias. at uh, We have the Geeksploration, the podcast Facebook page, uh, where we are getting some interaction, and it is a lot of fun. I'm enjoying that. Um, we've got the Instagram Geek Exploration Podcast and the Twitter that is now becoming active because Ben got sick of waiting for me and he is firing it up. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out this uh, this tweeter thing. Yeah, it is a uh, Geek Explore Pod. Yeah, I'm going to try and be uh, posting some stuff there a little bit more regularly and available for interactions. So uh, more regularly, we'll what see. the fuck does that mean? Yeah, every few days or when inspiration strikes me <laughs> every few months yeah, ho- hopefully <laughs> Still more, more than that. frequently than i did yeah yeah i'm trying to keep it in mind when i when things go on so and if you enjoyed today's episode please uh, go by apple Podcasts and give us a five tote bag review uh, we'd really appreciate it helps uh have us appear somewhere in the rankings there um, also, I'd like to remind everybody that we do have some swag available at uh, shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. We are going to be putting a new shirt up shortly. Go check it out if that's uh, something that uh, fits your desires. Bring money. Our theme song is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And remember, put on deodorant, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>